Welcome to Wrestling With God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with a Catholic priest with a serious sense of humor, my friend and fellow Irishman, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Father Len. Hey, Irish. Now, you better show off your sense of humor today, Father Len, or... uh... I'm in my, trouble. my sense of humor is actually more on kind of comebacks and stuff like that. So, all right. Um, well, maybe I can stories. maybe I can supply something for you to come back to. Okay. So, so anyway, Father Lynn, we received an interesting request from a listener, and he wants us to respond to an article that was published a while back in Yahoo News, and it's about an interview Howard Stern conducted with the actor Seth Rogen. And the interview focused on a question uh, of whether or not to have kids and why. And the listener wants to remain anonymous. I'm not sure why. And he didn't explain why he wants uh, us, why he wants to hear our reaction to this. So we can only guess. But uh, Father Lentz, are you up for this? You betcha I'm up for anything. All right. All right, well, I think the best way to set this up for you and for our listeners is to play the conversation. I actually found the audio. So play the conversation that Howard had with Seth Rogen. It's short, and so here goes. You know, I was thinking about you and your wife. I don't know that you ever wanted kids or not, but no. I'm glad you, you don't. I, I'm glad no. you don't have kids because you are into so many things and so many projects. I don't think you would be able to give the time to being a good father. And, and, oh, no, I, for sure not. Um, or or I wouldn't be able to do all this work that I like. Um, no, I, it's it's 100%. People are always like, and, and it's something I think I was uncomfortable answering this before, but they were like, how do you do so much? And, like, the answer is I don't have kids. Like, if people are like, how do you do pottery and write a book and make all these movies and TV shows? It's it's that I don't have kids. <laughs> well, because it, have, all of this stuff. nothing requ- else to do. <laughs> all of this stuff requires a tremendous amount of time and self-involvement. Yeah, and and you're sure. right not to have kids. Why put a kid through that if you don't have time for a kid? And Lauren's down with this too, right? She's okay. She doesn't want kids. You know, I would say she wants kids less than I do. <laughs> like, and if she had wanted to be talked into it, she's Seth, like, no. <laughs> would that have been a deal breaker in your romantic relationship if if she had really wanted a bunch of kids? Would it have been? No, something? that's the thing. Is no. like, I think I could wrap my head around it, but I think she's just like, uh, no. <laughs> right. Which right. is great. We have so much fun. Like, I don't know anyone who gets as much happiness out of their kids as we get out of our are non-kids like we are like we're fucking psyched all the time we're laying in bed on saturday morning smoking weed like watching movies naked just being like if we had kids we could not be doing this like this is well like there is no one whose child is giving them as much joy as we are right now getting because we do not have a kid it's not an easy haul having kids you cannot be you can't be narcissistic you have to give yourself over to parenting and uh, they've got to be the priority yeah, it's like, hard. I don't want that. Yeah, I want. Right. Yeah, I, I, that's that's that does not sound fun to me. <laughs> and why? There's enough kids out there. Who needs? Oh, there's so need, many. We need more. We need more people. Who looks at the planet right now and thinks, you know, what we need more people. Like that's what I. That is truly a confounding thing to me. So, Father Len, uh, what are your thoughts? What What does God have to say about this question? Oh, my thoughts. Wow. Um, okay. I, it, for me, this sounds strange. The issue is really not about having kids would be my first reaction. 
the issue is that it's so sad that that interview was whether one should or should not have kids. I don't think that's the really big issue because to be honest, I choose not to have kids. So I don't <laughs> think God is saying you better have kids. Now, I, actually, I, I do, but I think God is asking us that our life be life-giving. So, uh, yes, I think, obviously, God wants us to have children. But in the interview, I don't think that was the big issue. The problem is their answer is framed in terms of the glory of the narcissistic life. Like Seth says that why he doesn't want to have kids so that he can do anything he wants. I can sleep in bed and smoke weed or mentions going, watching movies. And even the interviewer himself, I forget his name right now. Howard. Howard. Howard agrees and says, yeah, if you have kids, you can't be a narcissist. And who wants that? Well, that's the real shocking part for me. That's the real problem is not about having kids. It's this problem of narcissism. It is really immature definition of happiness that to be free from commitments and to live for yourself, that's what happiness is. That's what I find, to be honest, disgusting. Not even getting into the religious response first. There is this overwhelming evidence from years of study that narcissism doesn't lead to happiness, that being free from commitments doesn't lead to happiness. In fact, commitments lead to greater happiness. Uh, Lack of commitments lead to greater unhappiness. Uh, And he's supposed to be somebody who our kids look up to, this Seth. There's this great philosopher, Hannah Arndt. She's amazing. So at the end of World War II, she wrote uh, some incredible books that were thought-provoking. She actually did this uh, whole profile on the Nuremberg trials. So just amazingly brilliant woman, Jewish. But in this one point, she says, a lot of people define themselves by their feelings, but you'll never find yourself through your feelings because in 10 years, your feelings will be completely different. She says, a lot of people try and define themselves by their aspirations. You know, I want to be an artist or a great singer. That is not who you are. That's who you are aspiring to be. And your aspirations don't show you who you are. What defines you is your commitments. That shows you who you are. And Hannah says, without promises, we would never be able to keep our identities. We'd be condemned to wander helplessly without direction in in the darkness of each person's lonely heart caught in all its contradictions and equivocations. So, and that's a little wordy, but she's absolutely right. Because this one guy said, and I thought this was brilliant. He, he said, since I've gotten married, my wife has lived with five different men and all of them were me. The only reason why we stuck together is because of our promise to each other. And he says, I wonder uh, who I'd be without that promise. He says, I'm not the person I was in my 30s or on my 40s or in my 50s. So who am I? I am my commitments. 
at my baptism, I made a commitment. At my confirmation, I made a commitment. At my wedding, I made a commitment. Each Sunday, I make a commitment. And he says, sometimes I didn't want to stick with him. Sometimes I don't want obligations. But who am I if I don't follow through on my commitment? So the world will always say self-fulfillment comes through being free of commitments. But the truth says fulfillment comes after commitments. That's my real problem with Seth, that he thinks fulfillment comes from being free of commitment. But there's been huge amounts of study on happiness. And one of the necessary ingredients to get to happy is you need several ingredients, but one is commitment leads to happiness. And a lot of people with deep commitments they always test out to be far happier. In, the, in these whole studies on happiness, basically when you're younger, everybody's happiness is so-so. But when you pass 60, there's this huge divide. There's no middle ground. Either you're happy or you're bitter. And the odd part is that they found out that, wow, if you keep with your commitments, you're more likely to end up with the people who are very happy. And so like just a little pause of psychology, they did all these studies, which I love, where they take two groups, like one group, I'm going to give you a couple examples. They'll take them to this art store and say, you can have, you can choose any piece of artwork you want, but once you choose it, you have to keep it for a year. And the other group, they say, you know, you can choose any piece of artwork you want. And if you're not happy, you can come back and exchange it as many times as you want. So after a year, they test them out and ask them, well, were you happy with that piece of artwork? I loved it. Thank you so much. The ones that said you can always exchange it, they were always exchanging. And after a year, they said, no, I really wasn't happy. <laughs> or they did this thing with jams, letting people choose between three different types of jams or you know, 400 types of jams. And oddly enough, the ones that oh, no, you only get three choices, they like the jams better. Uh, too many choices lead to unhappiness. And, and okay, so I, sorry, I got a little off track, but freedom from commitment means you'll never be ha happy. Not being able to settle on something means not being settled ever. So commitments, they found out in these studies of long-term studies on happiness, commitments lead to happiness. If you're always keeping your options open so you can do anything you want, you actually end up at unhappy. So somebody who doesn't want to commit to marriage or children and just live for themselves, they always test out to be more unhappy. So my problem with Seth is that he's advocating a life without commitment and unknowingly urging this younger generation away from being happy. You know, it's, it's kind of a funny interview, but it's terrible. And what people long the most for is actually to give themselves away. People who make commitments, doesn't matter how hard it is, they end up happy. And there's this strange story. You know, years ago in the London Times, there's this tiny advertisement that read, men wanted for a hazardous journey. You know, small wages, bitter cold, months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. 
and it's famous because it's in this book on Shackleton, the Shackleton expedition. And that little advertisement drew 5,000 applicants. Uh, 5,000 people applied. And he only could choose 27 men to explore the South Pole. And it's this great adventure book. But eventually, uh, they did complete their exploration. It was very painful. And they returned home to honor and recognition. So there's two types of people. Those who want to receive an easy life, they tend to end up on the bitter end. And those who want to strive for something great and give themselves away, which always demands a lot of commitment, they end up at happy. So to me, this is where religion comes in. Christ offers us a challenge to strive to become something great, to make a sacrifice. So Christ says, choose the narrow path. Don't choose the easy way. Take up my cross and follow me. He's always advocating a sacrifice. My problem with Seth is not about having children. It's his philosophy of life, that life is supposed to be easy rather than a great adventure. Life for Seth seems to be about, you know, sitting in bed and getting high and not doing anything, being free from any sense of obligation. And then he has the nerve to call that happy when all the evidence overwhelmingly is no, that's on the, the downslope to unhappiness. It's just a type of immaturity or at worse. And the interviewer got it right. It's narcissism. Well, um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. It goes back to the old saying, you know, it's better to give than receive. I mean, what you're talking about is commitment, really a, a commitment to achieving something. And you were talking about giving life to something. There's a satisfaction in that that's much greater than feeling good in the moment and having constant pleasure. Like you were talking about the paintings and 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 Seth refers to movies and weed and this kind of stuff. He's going to get tired of that. You know, I mean, it, you, how many, how many, Strangely, movies... he's going to get uh, the evidence is he's going to get bitter, bitter <laughs> yeah. no, <laughs> that, he, that he can't yeah. keep making himself happy with all this stuff. Right. right? It's impossible. Yeah. Cause you can't satisfy yourself with and it. And the problem that rings a bell with me with that interview is, you know, the United States, I don't know if you know this, there've been studies, the United States is getting less and less happy. The average person has increased their spending in eating out and entertainment, all that by 22%, but their income has come less. So they're earning less, but they're spending more going out, trying to be entertained. And homes in, the, in 2016 were a thousand square feet larger, larger than in 1973. Everybody's personal living space has just doubled. But the number of Americans who are, you know, have better access to everything, internet, uh, social media, our quality of life, huge green TVs, our quality of life really has gone incredibly up. But here's the amazing part. Amid all these advances, the average happiness is decreasing in the United States. So there's this general social survey that's taken every year. So it's taken every year since 1972, and each year it's showing this gradual decline in happiness. 
So it's a rise of unhappiness. And all these psychological studies, social scientist surveys, the history of philosophy in all five major religions in the world, all of them have said that pursuing happiness is pleasure and free from commitments always end up in unhappiness. And so that's what really annoys me. I know I'm kind of strange about the Seth interview. It's not really that irritates me about the children. And why I think this is religious is I don't think Seth is obligated to have children. As I said, I don't want to have children. I don't even want to have a pet. I don't even want to have to cook for God's <laughs> sakes. If you taste my, like I was kind of hoping to get COVID just so I could lose my taste and oh, not geez. have to. I mean, but here's the thing, but I am a man of commitments. I think the moral question is not should or should not people have kids. The moral question is why one would not want to have children. You know, the moral question is, but I want my life to be life giving. Like I just have to sacrifice my life. I remember this 60 minutes story about this woman in the Rhodesian genocide who she was this wealthy English woman and she employed Hutus and Hutus and Tutsis at her social party, very wealthy. And, you know, they, they all mingled together and they thought she thought everything was fine. And then this war broke out and she, um, of course she's on the, she sells everything. She's trying to escape to England and she comes across this barn of all these abandoned children and she's on the way to the airport and she suddenly realizes I can't go. I, I can't leave these children behind. She stayed in Rwanda and spent everything she had taking care of these orphans. And so, you know, she has all these children and kind of this barn. It was really a moving story. And she says, yeah, I gave up all my wealth and I'd do it again. She's one who said she never wanted children and then ends up in a, with all these children, I think the question is whether you want to be life-giving or not. And I don't give the, um, don't quote me on the facts, but uh, you know, our former governor, Butch Otter. Uh-huh. Okay. His mother. This is the is, governor of Idaho, by the way, for people right. listening outside of Idaho. His mother, uh, she amazed me. And I don't really, I can't remember the numbers, but her and her husband raised like oh, there maybe six kids. I'm just making a shot and they're empty nesters. And they, she said, well, we have this huge house. So then she uh, became a, fo her and her husband became a foster parents to like, I can't remember, like, I'm just going to make up a number, a hundred kids or 50 kids. Like, I love the fact that this old couple, they just had to be life giving. But if you want to be happy, Seth is saying, oh, no, you want to be free from all commitments. Or this other couple who I just, they never met them, but their son went to my parish. And he um, he's from Montana on the border near Canada. So he goes home to visit his parents, elderly parents, stays the night uh, just to check on his elderly parents, comes down to the kitchen in the morning and his mother's making breakfast and he says, what's for breakfast? And she's quiet, quiet. You'll wake up the Canadians. 
<laughs> and he said, what do you mean I'm going to wake up the Canadians? And he says, well, they're sleeping in the front room. So she, he checks in the front room and there's all these young men passed out in the front room. So he said, what are the Canadians doing passed out in the front room? And he said, well, he said, your father and I were so worried because these young men from Canada would come down to Montana to party and they would drive back. And I guess there were some deaths on the road. So that so upset them. They let the bars know that we'll leave our front door open and you'll have a breakfast in the morning if you just stay at our house. Oh, my gosh. And talk about lack of security. Yeah. But uh, I love about- this crazy, crazy old couple that turned their house. like They felt this sense of c- commitment. And let's say they never had children. So it's not about having or not having children that disturbed me about that. It's this almost smearing humor of, oh, God, we're not going to be life-giving. We're only going to think of ourselves. That's, to me, the part that's really disgusting. It's not the fact that he doesn't want to have children. As I said, I don't want to have children. The moral question is, why don't you want to? His his reasoning is that he wants to be more self-absorbed and free from commitment. But we know with plenty of evidence that that only leads to an unhappy life. And so religion is not a way at looking at some things such as whether or whether or not to have children. Religion in the big sense is a certain way of looking at everything. What kind of life do I want to have? And I'm saying religiously, his definition of why he doesn't want to have children is a way of death and depression and bitterness. One psychological study showed that children do not bring you happiness. So I always joke about that with my friends because really the moment you have a child, you know, there's uh, years ago, my friends are our own grandparents now, but the moment you have a child, you know, all you get is a life of worry. And then when you get grandchildren, you start worrying about them. <laughs> like the moment. I, so I just thought it was funny. Yes. The psychological study showed that children do not bring about happiness, but it does show that those people who want children test out to be more optimistic and happy people. Oddly enough, depressed and negative people, they don't want children. Well, you you know, you framed this in a whole way I didn't expect. You know, I I really, I guess I, this is kind of superficial thinking this is about, you know, whether or not to have children and does God want you to have children. And what you've really done here is made us think about what brings true happiness and what our life should be about, this commitment to giving life and what that does. I mean, it made me think, my my little sister, when she found out that my wife was pregnant with her third child, she... <laughs> Uh, she said she said to her right away, you know, you already have two kids. Why do you want to overpopulate the world? I'm not going to have any of those snotty little brats running around. Well, and she then sounds it, positive. She sounds then, fun at a cocktail party. But then about a year later, you, you, she has an oops pregnancy. And her two kids absolutely 
are the most important thing in her life and giving life to them and, and, and guiding them and helping them and being there for them. I mean, it's brought her so much happiness and, you know, she had no idea. And this isn't about kids. It is about this idea of making a commitment because she was kind of in that, you know, let's go smoke some weed. Let's, you know, do our own thing and all that kind of stuff. And so she didn't want to make the commitment to kids, but it totally changed her life. She's a great mom. And you know what I think the difference is? Love. That once you fall in love, you can't help but want to give yourself away. That's what real love feels like. I cannot help but make a commitment. That's the feeling of love. So that's why, like, to be honest, I also like that this is just me being theological. But, you know, in the Old Testament, God commands that we are every Sabbath to offer bread and wine. And then God says, I'm not letting you off this hook. This is a perpetual command. Every Sabbath, you must offer bread and wine. Not because I need it. I don't need anything from you. <laughs> I, you know, there's no way you could ever feel any of my hunger. You need to learn how to make an offering of your life so that what it means to be a true human being is that we give ourselves away. And, love- you know, once you're in love, you can't help but give yourself away. What I found so disturbing about this Seth interview is that it lacks any love. It really does. Like, you know, I just want to sit and smoke my weed. That's a sad story of somebody who has yet to know what love is. Yep. Who has yet to know the power of commitment. So really, the, end, the, the question here really is about love and how am I going to give myself away? Maybe it isn't kids. Maybe it's like you're, the people in Montana who decided they were so worried about the Canadians. Maybe it's the... Uh, parents of the governor here in Idaho who have this big empty house and decide to turn it into a foster home, decide to, to, to give it away, give themselves away. And once you know love, you give yourself away. You just have to. Well, that's awesome. Father Len. I, uh, It'll be interesting to see. I don't have any idea what our listener was thinking about, but maybe he was thinking about this idea of commitment and whether he wanted to make a commitment to kids and that kind of thing. Uh, so hopefully, maybe he'll find a way to give himself away. Maybe it isn't kids. Maybe well, it's something else. I believe uh, God is a trickster. <laughs> no, seriously, in the Bible, God is a trickster. Seriously, this is a major theme in the Bible. He tricks people into falling in love, and then they're willing to sacrifice everything. That's great. Well, We welcome your comments and questions, and it's easy to get those to us. You just head over to our website, which is www.gshow.com. That's www.gshow.com. And near the top of the page, on the laptop or the desktop version of the website, you'll see a questions button. If you're viewing the website on your phone, you click on a three-line menu, and it'll reveal the questions button. And all you do is click on that, and you'll find a bunch of ways to get to us, email, text, telephone, voicemail. And if you're enjoying the Wrestling With God show, and this happens to be one of your favorites, uh, uh, and somebody that uh, maybe needs to have a sense of what happiness in life is about, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast and share it with your friends, because that really does help people discover us. 
And, and subscribing, by the way, to our podcast is free. It just guarantees that you'll know whenever we publish a new episode. So we hope you join us next time as we continue our journey climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth, meaning, purpose in our lives, and commitments. Thanks for listening. See you next time.